This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Let us be the very last people to wish you a happy new year. Hello. Welcome in to episode number 54, 53. It's the first episode of 2020, Joe. We probably are the last podcast to be recording their first episode of of 2020. Look, you're going to see what it is when we post it. You know what's going on. Hope you had a great new year, holiday season. So much to get to today on this episode of At The Turn. We're going to hit the Hawaii swing on the PGA Tour. The the LPGA Tour is kicking off quite soon. Uh, A couple of business items to get to. You're going to notice a new crew with CBS on their golf team this year. And Phil Mickelson is skipping his native event to get a big paycheck. But Nick, first, let's start with the most recent tournament on the PGA Tour. The Sony Open out at Wailai Country Club. Yeah. Um, from a viewer's perspective, the Hawaii swing in itself was pretty incredible. You had you had playoffs in both events, including yesterday. Uh, boy, if you watched the last hour and a half of that Sony Open, good for you for sticking through it. That was slower than like the last two minutes of a basketball game when both teams have all their timeouts and they're just every, every inbounds play is another timeout. I mean, it was... It was, it was slower than molasses, Joe, to steal my grandpa's old saying. I mean, it was well, it was and, almost unwatchable. And it was so ominous that the Golf Channel put this timer. So Brendan Steele leaning by one shot in the 18th fairway, and the Golf Channel, the ultimate jinx, putting a timer. Good for them because it was interesting, but they set it at from when Brendan Steele hit his tee shot to when he hit his next shot. I think it was something like 18 minutes. Yeah, and he it hooked it to Helen. Yeah, seriously. And it had been 15 minutes between the he hit his putt on 17 and his tee shot on 18. So he hits his putt on 17, which he made, I'm pretty sure he made a bogey. And then waits 15 minutes, hits a decent tee shot, waits 18 minutes, and then gives the tournament away. 
So, um, yeah, it was it was bad. It was funny because my wife was flying in late last night and she texted me and she's like, hey, are you guys recording your podcast at 1030. I don't want to call you and interrupt. And it was 10.01. And I texted her back and I said, we're going to record in 15 minutes. They're just teeing off on the 18th right now. And they didn't finish the 18th hole till 10.44. Yeah, so we punted to the next day. So ultimately, <laughs> Brendan Steele, bogey 17, makes a par on a par 5 on 18. And then I think the, I think the 18th hole was playing at like 3.8 scoring average. So essentially a bogey on the 18th hole. And then makes a bogey in the first playoff hole, making it real easy for your boy, Cameron Smith, out of Australia, picking up his second PGA Tour win. It was his first individual tournament win. He won that team event, the Zurich Classic, a couple years ago with Jonas Blix. So good for him getting that done. So a question I put out there, because the leaderboard, there was guys you've heard of, but it wasn't Jordan Spieth, who we'll talk about later, Justin Thomas, who missed the cut, Patrick Reed, who missed the cut. It wasn't the, the Ryder Cup, the President's Cup guys who, who you're used to seeing. It was Kisner was maybe the most notable, Cam Smith, who you've heard of lately, but you know hasn't done a ton of winning, like you said, his first individual win. Brendan Steele, who has three wins, but you know he's been out there for 15 years, so not not um, you know the the world beaters, the top ten in the world. So I put the question out there on Twitter: Do you prefer watching um, a guy, a Hall of Fame guy, pad their resume and, and go get a victory, or somebody you maybe haven't heard of as much get a win that probably means more to them? Give me the top ten player. Give me the top ten player every time, unless there's like an incredibly compelling story. Like, one a couple years ago, I remember, Billy Hurley, who is a veteran of the United States Army, won the tournament at AT&T National over 4th of July weekend. It was his first career PGA Tour win. That is a really cool story. But, I mean, Brendan Steele, a journeyman, getting his third one in the PGA Tour. Right, and I, he, he's made $15 million. So I, I like posted this question because I'm like, you know, these guys, it means a lot more to him. So then I go to his profile. He's made $15 million on the PGA Tour. So, yeah, yeah it might mean more to him than it would Justin Thomas. But it's it's not like it's the difference. Like, I, I only care on that extreme if it's a guy who's, like, within a couple of months or weeks from losing his status, from having to go back to Q school or go back to the Corn Ferry Tour. Like, if it's if it's that meaningful, then I'm locked in. But for a guy – for for Brendan Steele, yeah, that was that was – not too interesting. I mean, Cam Smith was kind of nice. It was his first individual win. The whole thing in Australia right now with all those wildfires, it's just bananas. Um, so that was kind of nice. But really, it wasn't. The storylines were not too compelling compared to last week where you had Justin Thomas and Patrick Reed and Xander Schauffele in the playoff, which we'll talk about in a little bit. No, I mean, I think the storylines out of the first two tournaments in Hawaii isn't the players at all. It's the weather, baby. What's been going on over there with the winds and the rain and Homie on 18 with the squeegee out there and people calling <laughs> him off and calling him back on. It was wild. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That was weird. It, it, it rains in Hawaii a lot, but not usually all day rain. Usually you get some rain in the, some rain in the afternoon, some sunshine and it's warm, whatever. But I haven't seen 
that kind of weather. The squeegee, man, that was hilarious. This guy's out there with the thing, rolling this, making a puddle, and they're like, just make the puddle in this one corner of the green, and we're all going to avoid it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because Kiz hit his ball in the 72nd hole. He hit his ball in that big puddle, and you can either take relief or have your boy come out with the squeegee, and he decided to move his ball. I think he moved his ball like seven or eight feet from where it actually landed on the green, putt from over there, didn't make it. Nice week for him, but yeah, look, this leaderboard was boring. Um, I think it was, frankly, a pretty boring event. The Sony Open, you lose a lot of luster coming off the Tournament of Champions, and I think that's pretty much par for the course. It's it's pretty standard for the Sony to be kind of a letdown. Yeah, I don't like watching guys lose tournaments. Like, mm-hmm. I like it when it's interesting. When he had, like, a two- or three-shot lead and looked like he was going to run away with it, I, you know, I want it to be interesting but watching a guy lose a tournament, um, I don't know. That kind of sucks. Did you see him hole his bunker shot on the 11th hole? Uh, Brendan Steele we're talking about. And I thought for sure he's going to win at this point. He he hit a, a tee shot on a par three into a bunker with a front pin. So he had like no green to work with. And he hold it for birdie. And I thought for sure at that point he was, he was going to get the dub. But then he just choked it away at the end. Well, one thing I did like is his post-tournament interview. Because we've had two playoffs to start the season, right? So you have Cam Smith over Brandon Steele, Tournament of Champions, Justin Thomas over Patrick Reed. And if you juxtapose how the two players, and I don't want to litigate Patrick Reed and his behavior too much. We do that too often on this podcast. He gives us a lot of ammunition for that. But I don't want to do that too much. But Brandon Steele was so chill. He's like, yep, it sucks. Uh, Thought I was going to win. I didn't. Still a good week. Thanks. And that was it. That's all you have to say. Obviously, you choked it away and it sucks, but you don't have to be like Patrick Reed about it. Like he was so short and he had a really good week and he was just so terse with the on-course announcer. It just it just just rubbed me the wrong way, Nick. Patrick Reed had no business even being in that playoff if Justin Thomas doesn't make this like inexcusable did you hit into the, the gooch for no reason when there's 75 to 100 yards on the right. Justin Thomas hits it to the left and makes bogey on the last hole to force the playoff. And meanwhile, Xander Schauffele three putts. to Both those things have to happen for Patrick Reed even to get into that playoff. So he had no business being there. He, he's, he was lucky to just get there. He was. Um, but Thomas gets the win. Ultimately, isn't that what matters? Like, even if it didn't look great, he got the win. It's his 12th win. He's 26 years old. 26 years old with 12. That's a pretty short list. It's like Nicholas, Woods, Sneed, Thomas. Not a lot of company there. Pretty good company. So, okay. I'm done with Sony. I want to move on to Kapalua. Um, Again, weather dude. The weather in Hawaii has just been nuts these first two weeks. And I, I kind of have this stance that I enjoy bad weather when watching golf tournaments. I did not enjoy the weather being bad in Hawaii, and I think it's because this is like our refuge from the terrible weather we're experiencing over the winter. You see Hawaii, 80 degrees. These guys are shooting 25 under. You're like, okay, at least I have that ahead of me. That is in the future. And instead, I saw what I see outside. Obviously, it's warmer in Hawaii than it is in Portland, Oregon, but wind blowing, rain, umbrellas, people looking miserable. I don't want to see that garbage. I want it to be beautiful out there. You didn't get your British Open vibes going on? No, nah, talk to me in July. Yeah. 
No, I don't know. The weather didn't really have an impact for me. I did kind of like the winners not being in the negative 20s. Um, so it kind of felt like more like a real golf tournament in that sense because sometimes the scores can get a little bit wonky out in Hawaii. So I thought that was kind of nice. Something I want to touch on with the Justin Thomas win. Obviously very impressive, but it's been talked about at nauseum. His buddy, growing up, a couple of Texas boys, they always show pictures of them playing in junior tournaments. They've known each other since they were 10, yada, yada, yada. Him and Jordan Spieth. And after Thomas win, I started to look. What's been going on with our boy Spieth? Because it's been a little while. Uh, guy's got 11 wins and three majors. Incredible. Incredible stuff. His last win was at the 2017 British Open, which I was a little bit surprised by. I know he hasn't been relevant for a while, wow. but coming up this summer, that'll be, what, three wins? Three three years, rather, since his last yeah. win? That's, that's a long time. That's that's way too long for Jordan Spieth. Um, I mean, I think that he kind of had his slump, and he's addressed it, and he's kind of he's been vocal about it, and he's been vocal about how confident he is that he's going to come back. So I think 2020 is a make or break year for him because if he doesn't if he doesn't do anything this year, I mean it's all it's it's almost like you have to change your perspective on on his potential, right? Well, definitely. I mean, a lot of the world ranking points that he had accrued from winning those majors, getting so many wins in a short span, it's kind of running out. Jordan Spieth is 43rd in the world right now. And I looked at his stats trying to figure out what exactly is happening. So last year, ball striking, awful. He's in like the 150s to 180s of every ball striking category. Still the second best putter on tour. His stats show that he gains the second most strokes putting. And so I thought, okay, this is probably a trend. Well, you go back to 2018, and he's actually in the 50s and 60s in putting. And he's also that with ball striking as well. So it's not as though you can pinpoint it and say, okay, he's not hitting the ball well, but still putting great. That's what happened last year. But the year before, he was just a mediocre golfer. So I think the difficult thing for him right now is he can't really point to and say, okay, I'm not hitting fairways. My proximity to their hole is this, but the putting is okay. He's kind of all over the map right now, and that's my biggest concern with him. He had so much mojo. Like, Jordan Spieth, obviously known as a great putter, doesn't hit the ball a mile, but when he was peaking, his wedges and his irons were so on point, you expected him to win. You expected him to do something miraculous, which he did for a span of like three years. But it's getting to the point where it's been so long since we've seen him pull off something that incredible, and his prime or his peak in his early 20s, at least to this point, is such a short period of time relative to the length of a golfer's career. I think it is appropriate to start questioning what he is going to be five years from now. How are we going to look at his career? Was he a flash in the pan? Justin Thomas may actually be the one who comes out of this group of him and uh, Spieth and Fowler, who's a little bit older, and all these guys who were a bunch in that age range. Justin Thomas now looks like the one who is going to ascend while Spieth is just going down, man. So I have a few questions for you to answer on Jordan Spieth. Number one, over under 1.5 more majors in his career. Over. 
Because, okay. because even last year, when he had a bad year, he finished third in the PGA Championship. So I think he's the kind of golfer who you may not hear from him the entire season, and all of a sudden he wins the Masters or the British Open. I think he's that kind of golfer. And look, bottom line is, if Jordan Spieth wins the PGA Championship this year, guess who has the career Grand Slam? That's very true. Um, I definitely think he'll win at least one more major, even if he never really comes back, because number one, he has that great putting ability, even if it disappears from time to time. If he comes back, if he catches it for a week, it, he could win it. He's won three before. I think it's probably a lot easier to win your fourth than it is to win your first and get that monkey off your back. So for those reasons, I think he'll win another one. I'll take the under on 1.5. I do not think he will win two more majors. Um, next question. Will he reach the top five in the OWGR again in his career? Yeah. I mean, if he wins a major, he's he's basically there. I just okay. I just I cannot give up on Jordan Spieth yet. I saw him dominate in a way I've never seen someone dominate for three years. He did it so much differently than Tiger did. He didn't overpower golf courses. He God. It's even difficult to describe having watched like all of it. He just was so clutch in a way I've never seen before. He just made more putts than honestly even peak Tiger. Like during that two-year stretch, wow. Nick, he was two shots away from winning the Grand Slam in a calendar year. He finished first, first, second, second in four majors in 2015. I was there. I saw it. <laughs> and if it wasn't for a collapse in 2016, he'd have four majors. And you can't even really point to that and say that was the part of the downfall because he won multiple times after that happened, including the 2017 British Open. So I think, I, to put a button on this, I really hope he turns it around. I think he's good for golf. I know he rubs some people the wrong way with the we stuff when he talks, when people ask him about his game, <laughs> says we in reference to him and his caddy as if there's some sort of sports team. His team. And I get that. His team. Yeah. yeah. I, I, All right. I, I totally understand that. I, you have to answer one more question for me. It can be okay. one word answer. I think you know what it's going to be. You've set me up for the slam dunk right here. Who wins a major first? Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler. Damn. <laughs> That's a tough one. Do you have an answer to that question? Jordan Spieth, because I, I, I might go on the record and say I don't know if Ricky's going to win one. You don't think Ricky's going to win a major? Prove me wrong, Rick. <laughs> oh, Ricky loves the pie. He's going to be upset about that. Uh, I think it's Ricky. All right. Ricky's a better player right now. He has a Ricky has a better opportunity to win a major this season than Jordan Spieth. I'm not saying he will, but he's going to give himself more chances to do it. If, if the question were who's going to finish second... Sooner, I would say Ricky, but who's going to win sooner? I'll say, I'll say Jordan. That is tough. I know, that is tough. That is All right, tough. let's move on. You know what? Before we move on, Nick, I have a question to ask you. Okay. What's the one item in your bag that you're going to use the most during a round? Is it your putter? God, no. I hope not. <laughs> is it your favorite iron? Do you have a favorite iron? All of them. All of them, yeah. They're all humming, baby. Especially my four iron. That's all wrong. The real answer is your range finder. All golfers need a range finder they can trust so they know precise distances to the target for every shot, whether you're on the tee box, in the fairway, or in our case, in the trees. Good news, 
Precision Pro Golf Rangefinders are a partner of At The Turn. We're so proud to be partnered with them. Use promo code at the turn at checkout. You're going to get $20 off their great rangefinders. And also, Nick, are you aware that Precision Pro Golf offers free battery replacement services for the life of your rangefinder? Well, I knew that, of course. <laughs> Incredible. So go to precisionprogolf.com. Use coupon code at the turn at checkout. Get $20 off your favorite rangefinder. This is the year you throw those watches away. You get yourself a rangefinder. You look like you know what the hell you're doing. Swing with confidence. Hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. Nick, what were you saying? Well, <clears throat> we're going to move on to the LPGA for 2020, yeah. Joe. Um, I... I'm going to hit you with a few LPGA three things to know. Do it. And uh, you can kind of take them or leave them. So uh, doing a little bit of research, LPGA tour season starts this month. Um, the number one player in the Rolex World Rankings, which is the women's world golf rankings, as you know, Joe. Uh, I do. Jin Young Ko. She won four tournaments and two majors in 2019. She won the ANA Inspiration, the Evian Championship, the two majors, also won the Founders Cup and the CP Women's Cup. So there's your Damn. number one player, a pretty good season, a two major, a multiple major season. Pretty incredible. Sounds like the best player in the world to me. Yeah, yeah. She gets my vote. Um, you good with that? Yeah, that sounds okay. That okay. sounds correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just didn't know if you wanted to, uh, you know, add add in or ha ask me questions before I move on to my second big thing about the LPGA for 2020. See Young Kim, another very notable player, number five in the world rankings. She won a few tournaments in 2019 as well. Joe, the uh, Meta Heel Championship, the Tour Championship, of course, and the Marathon Classic. So another. Another player to watch there. Um, I do enjoy the names of these tournaments in the LPGA Tour. Like the Evian Championship, that's fantastic. PGA Tour needs to do better. Get some better sponsors, PGA Tour. <laughs> Enough with this Barbasol garbage. I know, seriously. Um, so speaking of their tournaments, the LPGA 2020, there's two new events, which is pretty awesome because more tournaments, more players, more money, more purses. Uh, the total purses they're giving out in, of all their events this year is like over $75 million, which is pretty awesome. Oof. So the Gainbridge LPGA at Boca Rio, a $2 million purse for inaugural event in the Pelican Women's Championship, $1.75 million purse for, again, another inaugural event. So LPGA stepping up their game, giving out more money, more tournaments. We... Are covering them more this year. A couple bonus things, Joe. I'm going to quiz you a little bit. Okay. You ready? Let's go. There are three Americans in the top ten. How many can you name? Well, there's got to be a Corda in there. And Nelly had a much better season than Jessica, so I'm going to go Nelly Corda. There you get one for one. Uh, my girl Lexi's got to be in there. She is number ten. Okay. Is Danielle Kang in the top ten? Number four. There you go, Joe. Come on, let's go. Three for three. Wow, I thought I could let's stump go. you. Let's go. You thought you were um, going to stump me with some of those? 
Yeah, you got Come you just on. got all three. No, that was impressive. I know um, my Americans. Where's my girl Brooke? Um, from Canada. Oh, Brooke Anderson. Yeah. She, I think she's ninth. Okay, she's so she's the, still hanging she's out. In the, the top she's 10. in the top ten, which will takes me to my next question. Which oh. uh, this one's this one's not not a very good trivia question, but I'll ask it anyways. There, are, <laughs> there are players from five countries represented in the top ten. Name those countries. I'm gonna go out on a limb and okay, say gonna... South Korea. <laughs> okay. The U.S. Uh huh. Canada. Uh huh. Yep. Japan. Yeah. Joe, you are one guess of a country away from acing your LPGA quiz, and next time I'm gonna come back with the heat if you get this right. It's either gotta be Thailand or Australia. I wonder if either of the. Uh... If you want to use your 50-50, I'll tell you that it is Thailand or Australia. No! <laughs> I don't remember seeing the Jutanagarn sisters on a lot of leaderboards, so I'm going to go Australia. Wow, Joe, that is thoroughly <laughs> impressive. Just, I go. swear to God, we are not sharing notes. Joe just... Well, I'm impressed. Next time, you're going to have to do the LPGA lecture. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously. I did, I, you know, look, I actually watch more LPGA than you probably think. I Again, their wedge games are so damn impressive. I could watch those ladies hit wedges all day. They never miss wedges. It's incredible. I mean, I I don't know if I'm more impressed with their wedge games or with your with your LPGA game right now. So be more um, impressed with their wedge more, games. <laughs> more more LPGA stuff coming for sure uh, throughout the year. Nick, we're gonna save Phil for last because there's plenty of places to go with Phil and his shenanigans over the last few months, but. CBS Sports, big shakeup in their coverage. They, I think, still probably broadcast the most events, the most big events during the course of the year. Gary McCord and Peter Costas are no longer going to be part of their coverage. I'm going to pour one out real quick for Gary McCord. He was one of my favorite golf announcers. Um, he had, of course, the very famous ban from Augusta National in the mid-90s. Here's a trivia question, Nick. Do you know why Gary McCord wasn't allowed to broadcast at Augusta for 25 years? Uh, nope. <laughs> Surely <laughs> no, he must have, like, slept with the chairman's wife or, like, gotten drunk and peed on some azaleas. Something of that nature to incur a lifetime ban, right? I think so. He literally said on a broadcast, these greens are so fast, it looks like they've bikini waxed them. <laughs> Life. Time ban for that. Wow. Anyway, did they, did they escort him out of the booth like he couldn't even finish the broadcast? I hope I, so. I, I probably, but <laughs> Gary McCord, I always found a reverence. He's a weirdo. familiar with the bikini wax. Yeah. Apparently, well, look, he's an Arizona guy, so people are trying to keep things trimmed down there. Hey. Uh, I just thought he was one of the most entertaining golf announcers in a sport that lacks way. In a sport that lacks a lot of weirdness and fun characters, he was one of them. I will say, I think when David Faraday left CBS and went to NBC, um, McCord's shtick didn't play well with the other serious announcers. I mean, look, you got stiffs like Faldo and Nance in the booth who think they're being funny, but they're just coming off as like condescending, frankly. Um, I thought of McCord, I always thought he was great. He'll no longer be part of the CBS broadcast team. The other big change, 
Nick, are you familiar with the Konica Minolta BizHub Swing Vision camera? Oh, so familiar with it. Well, someone else is going to be doing it if they continue <laughs> that bit because Peter Costas is no longer with CBS Sports. He will also be getting the boot. So they're adding some folks. Uh, Davis Love the Third, Sex on a Stick himself, will be part of their team, along with Trevor Immelman, who have actually heard on the Golf Channel. He's really good. And actually, Nick, if you recall from a very early episode of At The Turn, when we had Golf Channel's Jerry Foltz on the show, he actually predicted Trevor Immelman would be a rising star in golf broadcasting. So good on friend of the Go. pod, Jerry Foltz, for calling that, I think, like in episode seven. Yeah, go back and listen if you haven't caught that one, or maybe don't. <laughs> Not check it out. I'm sure it's a hoop. But the biggest name that CBS Sports is adding is 2014 United States U.S. Women's Open champion, none other than the big Wheezy herself, Michelle Wee. Now, her career has kind of been sidelined from mounting injuries. She's not played a full schedule in a long time. Um, she was a guest analyst during the Solheim Cup. The Golf Channel, probably a bit of a trial run. She will be a big part of the Masters coverage. I guess she's going to be part of, like, you know, quote-unquote multimedia golf coverage. So you'll probably see her a lot online doing stuff like that. But it makes a lot of sense. Um, I think she'll be part of golf broadcasting for years to come. So that's what's going to be happening with CBS Sports going forward. It's interesting. A couple things. Michelle Wee, um, so she is joining CBS. She's also going to have a baby girl this summer. Shout out. She, she's also talking about wanting to play more in her future because she, th she said she thought she'd be the kind of person who, when she had kids, would retire from the game. But then a few things recently kind of inspired her to want to want her kids to see her play and to see her win the moment that Tiger Woods shared with his, his kids after winning the Masters and some of the stuff from the Solheim Cup. She mentioned that kind of inspired her. So she's kind of got a lot of routes going on right now i mean she's 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 gonna be a new mom she's got the cbs she's she you know is gonna potentially pursue playing again so she's always fun to watch whatever whatever she does whatever sticks for her I, I i'm sure she'll be successful so uh yeah that'll be great i mean she's been around so long but she's only 30 i mean I know, she's it's, it's crazy well i mean it was she was a teenager when she almost made the cut at the sony open yeah so kind of obviously whatever she wants to do um, she'll definitely have the time to do it. Good on her. Sad to see McCord go neutral on Costas, but I think it's fun that Michelle Wee is going to be joining the broadcast for CBS. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, okay, it's time. Let's get to your boy, Phil. So, oh, Phil. Phil will be turning 50 this year, which, I mean, that's going to be really exciting because... You got to figure your boy is going to go out and just try to win every single tournament on the Champions Tour. I figure her well, boy play the, a split the, schedule. The U.S. Senior Open is in Rhode Island, and um, I can't wait to see if, if he commits to that because uh, that'd be fun to go watch him play and <laughs> play his first Senior Open. Oh, please believe Phil is going to try to win like 10 U.S. Senior Opens because if you win that, you get an exemption into the big, the actual U.S. Open. Oh, so, wouldn't that be great if that's how it's dude let's go phil wins the u.s senior open at age 56 qualifies for whatever is happening at tory pines and the old man makes a run at it i'm down all right back so, to the back to the topic back to the topic i digress 
Phil is skipping the Waste Management Phoenix Open, which is the tournament with the crazy par three. They play in Phoenix. Obviously, Phil is an Arizona guy, plays in this tournament all the time. A lot of fun. Why? Why is Phil doing this? Well, there's a tournament in Saudi Arabia that Phil has committed to. And this has been very controversial. Players deciding to go, deciding not to go. After the news came out about Phil, Tiger said he would not be going. Reportedly turned down a $3 million appearance fee. I'm not going to pat Tiger on the back too much. He's collected a lot of big checks to go to a lot of questionable places to play golf. (laughs) Decides to turn this one down. Phil says he wanted to play. Here's the quote. Pretty fun. This is Phil. I'm really looking forward to playing in Saudi Arabia in January. I watched Dustin win the title last year and thought the course looked like an interesting challenge. Having so many talented players on show also made it look like a much more established tournament than one in its inaugural year. I have enjoyed my previous visits to the Middle East, and I'm looking forward to playing in a new country and doing my bit to grow the game in the kingdom. So there you go. Phil Mickelson, not worried about politics, human rights issues. First of all, that's such a bullshit quote that Phil, yeah. those words never even came close to his lips whatsoever. That's a PR machine quote, first and foremost. Second of all, he's playing this like I've earned the right to do whatever I want to do at this stage of my career, which fine, but I think it is the worst move he could make. He is an entertainer for a living. He's bashing his hometown event that he's been playing since he was an amateur and going to the Middle East for a paycheck. The guy just made, like, how much money does he have? He just took nine mil off Tiger last Thanksgiving. It's not like the like Phil Mickelson needs this to put his kids through college. There's no need to go there and, and get an appearance fee. Um, I think there's no excuse for it. It really is inexcusable. I mean, would you Forbes. and I big time the Corner Club Open for some Joe Schmo member guest? Hell no. No. I'm going to not celebrate Father's Day with my beloved dad <laughs> to go to the Corner Club. Your, luck, your dad's right down the road. You can do both. You can hit the Corner <laughs> Club. You can have I, a beer with Jim. You're fine. I want an emotional interview after he win and be like, ah, I did it for my pops. <laughs> so uh, Phil Mickelson's career earnings. You want to take a stab at it? Oh, uh, I'm so bad at this, but I will say it's got to be in the 50 million neighborhood. Is this, is this including or not including the match? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What did you say? 50 million? I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to give you another is this chance. Like that price is right. One wait a minute. Guy, wait a minute. The guy guessed. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to give you a hint. So Phil Mickelson has earned four point two million dollars just for playing the Phoenix Open. That's just that tournament. Now we're talking endorsements, career earnings. Add that all up. <laughs> what do you get to? Oh, you're talking about endorsements? His net worth. His, oh, I thought you said his, his his career PGA Tour winning. Well, okay. it's, still, it's still probably a bit higher than I, I'm sure it is, but okay. Um, <laughs> Joe, I don't know. $500 million? $760 million. Off by a that was going to be my next That's guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so to your point, even if Phil, let's say Phil is getting the the fee that Tiger is, which he's probably not. You know, probably getting yeah. a million and a half too. Um, why? Why? Like 
does he really need to feed his gambling addiction that much? Is it that important to him? $3 million. I don't understand. It's, it's wild. Anyway, I agree with you. Phil can do whatever the hell he wants. I just think it's a weird move. They're all, they're all over there kissing the ring. Shout out to Rory, who just flat out said he's not going to go over there because of the human rights stuff. And I think that's great. Not yeah. enough golfers take stances on stuff like this. And the Why guys, not? And the crazy thing about it is all the guys who are going over there, like, okay, I'm sure there's probably some Asian tour guys and some Euro tour guys who need to, like, get a top 10 in this tournament to keep their career going. And while sure. maybe there's some right. stuff you can question about the tournament they're playing in and the nature of, you know, the politics and everything going on in the Middle East and Saudi Arabia specifically, fine. But for Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, guys who don't need a paycheck to do it, I just don't understand the motivation. What, I don't. Why, do you want to speculate? Like, why are they doing Are they doing it for the money? What's the yeah. real reason they're doing it? For the money? Money, money and because they're pro Nick, they're probably treated, not probably, they are treated like, literal royalty over there, I'm sure. It's all first class. They get in one of those fancy planes that Jennifer Aniston is always on. They can take showers. They get beds on the planes. They gotta have <laughs> they these, like, go to the, they're going to go to the Middle East because they can take a shower on the plane. Baby, if I could take a shower on a plane, I'd be in the <laughs> Middle East tomorrow. Are you kidding me? That's incredible. I just, I just think they like the idea and they like the treatment of being a top, top athlete. And this sort of, not sort of, this royal treatment that they're going to get is something that they perhaps don't experience to that degree in America. And so they want to do it while they can. I get it, but I also think they shouldn't do it. I was just hoping we could drag this on long enough for me to find his career earnings, his career PGA Tour earnings, and I did. 90761000 So I was in the neighborhood for my first guess. Well, that's debatable, but uh, <laughs> Phil Nicholson, best of luck in Saudi Arabia. May your checks clear, and I hope you have a great time. Um, you want to put a bow on it with some 2020 golf resolutions? Yeah, Joe, it's becoming a tradition on this podcast that we uh, share our resolutions, uh, first episode of the year. Um, Nothing crazy. I don't know if I've ever accomplished my golf goals or, <laughs> or resolutions that I've set on here, but why you. stop now? Um, my handicap is is as high almost as it's ever been, which is just depressing. And um, I'm I'm just my my goal in 2020 is to get off the tee like a 10 handicap. I'm sitting at 22.0 with the new with the new uh, world handicap. If I can get off the tee, like a 10, I have to like look up those stats, like whatever that means. Basically, stop hitting out of bounds so damn much. Um, that's my goal. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. Mine is simple. I, I got to hit more fairways. I don't hit enough fairways. It's, look, breaking news. Golf is much easier from the fairway <laughs> than it is out of the rough or the trees. I'm just so inconsistent. Even when I have a good round, I looked down at my stats and I hit seven of 14 fairways and it's like, geez, if I could get in the fairway like nine, 10 times, I could actually maybe do something with my life. So just consistency off the tee is really, really my only goal, Nick. That's it. I'm, I'm keeping it simple in 2020. Hit more fairways. Yeah. I think we're, I think we're in the same boat. Let's do it. Um, do you want to tell the people about Precision Pro one more time before we wrap up? Precision Pro, basically, if you don't have a range finder, you need one. Um, not knowing your yardages, there's no excuse for that this year and moving forward. 
go to Precision Pro. Their rangefinders um, are most wanted by my golf spy. That's all you need to know about it. They're most wanted. That means it's the best you can get. It's basically like a gold medal on the hot list. It's it's a my golf spy most wanted. So go get yourself a rangefinder from Precision Pro. Use promo code at the turn. Save twenty bucks. Twenty dollar bill back in your pocket. Just use at the turn when you check out. People, it's common sense. Listen to Nick. Also, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Are we on Snapchat yet? <sighs> we're not doing Snapchat, Joe. But we do need to. We do need to promote our social media, guys. If you're out there, just check us out on social media. Why not? You can't hurt. It can't hurt. You're following so much dumb stuff as it is. What's, you're listening what's one to the, more dumb thing? If you're listening to the 40th minute of this podcast. Just check us out. We're so Twitter. It's at at the turn pod. In on <laughs> that's Instagram. never easy to say. At, no, at the turn. It's like how many ats do I say? On Instagram, it's also at the turn pod. Copy and paste it and, and and type it into both and check us out. We do give we have giveaways and stuff like we give away some balls. Maybe we'll give away some who knows what. Check us out, Nick. Before we wrap up, there's something I have to tell you that I that I forgot. What is it? Uh, Lacey's mom for Christmas, she got me a box of Kirkland signature no. golf balls. Yes. Yeah. Oh she was like, You're in Joe. She, she likes like, you. I saw, I saw, yeah, <laughs> almost six years in. I hope she does. <laughs> uh, yeah. She's like, I was at Costco. I saw these and I remember you talking about them. So I grabbed them and I was like, Carol, were the cops there? Like, did you rob Costco? How did you get these? Wait, did she get you? One box or two? She got me, I think there's uh, 24 in the box, so it's like okay. a double yeah. box. I was yeah. going to say, because if, if she got you a dozen, that means somebody else got the other dozen. Because you can't buy 12 balls from Costco. Nick, I am going to spray those all over the Palouse. In no, June. Joe. You're no. You're, you're, hitting four, you're hitting more fairways. That's, oh, that's right. Yeah. Hit, you hit and me more both. fairways in 2020. The For Kirk sure. Sigs, I can't wait. It's going to be. I'll have to, I'll have to put my insignia on them. To distinguish them between the other Kirkland signatures. That Brian Rowe is going to give you so much shit for putting up the case. I can't wait. I can't wait for people to talk shit about my Kirkland signature and then win the long drive again. I will never oh. forget that guy when I won the long drive with the corner club open and I stand up and when the guy yell, this is the last hole one. <laughs> uh, okay. We gotta, we gotta end things here. Um, when, when are we gonna do this again? This is, this is our first pod in a month, man. We gotta, we gotta get it together. Yeah, we got another one scheduled at the end of January, so don't worry. I won't. Ta- Tigers playing at the end of the month, so I, we gotta wrap that. There you go. We'll talk about Tigers' first tournament in 2020. Um, how are we doing on those special guests? Um. Okay. Yeah. Got it. okay thank you so much remember like and subscribe precision pro at checkout use at the turn to save all kinds of money we love you so much i'm lacey evans thanks for listening and we'll see you next time at the turn when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.